and welcome to Not For Girls, a podcast by two women fighting gender stereotypes, talking about life, aliens and everything in between. My name is Nikki. Hello, I'm Leah. And this is an episode all about aliens. Yeah, uh, we have decided to do something a little different again, because, you know, we can. Yeah. So this is the first episode in our series of episodes, which will be called Case Files. And this is going to cover anything from aliens to cryptids to ghosts to weird true crime cases. And I feel like when this has been brought up, Leah has looked at me like a mad woman, but we've discussed (laughs) it. And it's it's going to be good, I think, because with this podcast, although, yes, we are two ladies that like to sort of fight gender stereotypes, feminists, etc. We also like to talk about other things. And some may say that aliens aren't for girls. So, you know, we're just going to talk basically about whatever we want. And this is this is going to be about aliens. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those times. Yeah, exactly. Um, it does it does relate to gender in terms of like the portrayals and stuff so we'll get to that but i think everybody is prone to falling down like internet rabbit holes so this is kind of our <laughs> section yeah. where we're doing that <laughs> and we've always said that no topic is is off bounds so exactly and i just decided that i wanted to talk about aliens and we found a way around it and we're doing it <laughs> so i'm very excited for this and i'm very excited for the future of not for girls case files and we hope you like it too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so straight away to kick things off, should we talk about whether whether you believe in them? So this is really one of those annoying moments where like, it, you know, you sound like a dick, but you're like, well, it depends on how you define the question. <laughs> because I did some research into this and the person that I went to for answers is Professor Brian Cox, because if I'm going to trust anybody to give me information, it's going to be the former keyboard player from D-Ream. I mean, that he's the voice of reason. He really is. He's awesome and I love him. He uh, has basically talked about uh, what we define as kind of alien life. And we have sort of found evidence that there could be life in places that we you know maybe don't don't think of it so they found like single cell organisms on the moon uh there's also the mars missions coming up where they'll be sending people onto to mars and finding single cell organisms but in terms of finding civilizations of intelligent life we've never encountered one uh and we obviously like send signals out into space and you know uh potentially don't ever hear anything back from them they just go out there uh one thing that brian cox talked about is that if we think about our civilization now where we've reached the point that we're able to do space travel that's taken about four billion years <laughs> so it may be that civilizations like ours or civilizations like the aliens that we see in in sci-fi films are just really rare because they take so long to come into existence so i guess based on what i've researched i kind of believe that yes there's alien life but is there complex alien life multi-cell organisms civilizations of aliens out there probably not your answer is super intellectual compared to what I was going to say. <laughs> you basically summarised how I feel, but I didn't... I was just going to be like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I believe. 
Um, I believe they come to Earth, they abduct us, they put things <laughs> in our holes and they do their tests. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much have the same same feeling as you. I believe that probability is a thing. And I think that it would be silly to say that there isn't mm. because there's so many galaxies out there and there's so much out there that we just don't know about. And the probability of there being life out there, whether it's complex, whether mm. they look like us or they look like reptile people, we don't know, <laughs> but there is high probability that there is something and whether they've interacted with us is a different story. I think that's a whole other, that's a whole other ballpark. And I think a lot of probably scientists would not necessarily say that's the case, mm. but you know, we're going to look into it today and, and talk about it. But yeah, I'd say that I do, but it's always kind of trying to look at it with a rational mind. But this is what's really interesting as well, though, because I would actually love to believe that like there's, you know, cool sci-fi shit happening in real life. Yeah. Um, but like, it's that weird information bias paradox where I'm like, I would love to believe it, but there's no evidence for it. So I kind of, I want to be proven wrong. Yeah. Did you, <laughs> but I have to trust the facts. Did you ever watch the Netflix documentary on Bob Lazar about Area 51 and flying saucers? I don't think I have, no. So it's really interesting and it is a little bit conspiracy theory-like. And actually, I wasn't sure how I felt. So he was an old NASA, uh, NASA. I mean, that's a bit, a bit of a different thing. Area 51 employee. Mm. And he worked on a lot of like technology and things mm. like that. And he basically... Uh, blew the whistle on Area 51 in like, I think it must have been the early 90s, maybe late 80s, and basically came out with it. He like didn't have his job anymore and just dropped loads of info, was mm. chased by the government because um, obviously they were like pissed off about the fact that he was leaking all this information. Mm. And effectively, from my memory, because I haven't really got any notes on this, is he said that he was dealing with alien technology and he's described it and he's told everyone about it. But then everyone says, well, he's crazy. He's a crazy man. And mm. the government are like, no, I don't believe him. But yeah, it's weird. It, it's so hard to know. But he wasn't necessarily saying that he's interacting with aliens, but he said that there was technology there that mm. was alien and it was very complex and it was effectively a flying saucer. A little one. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah. Well, the little ones with sherbet <laughs> in <yes>. the middle. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a really interesting topic and you could talk for hours about this um, and no one's never really going to get to the bottom of it or know. Mm. But it's it's so interesting. But have I mean this is a weird question, but have you ever had any weird unexplained encounters with an alien? Um <laughs> no. No, I haven't. It's it's weird though, isn't it? Because like that doesn't necessarily mean that people will believe in them or not, like having a personal experience. Like I've never met a polar bear, but I'm pretty sure they exist. Yeah. <laughs> um but but personally, no, I don't think I've ever I've never seen like weird lights or um been like beamed anywhere that's good um but yeah how about you no the only weird thing i had once was when i was in my garden i think circa 2006 and there were these weird lights in the sky and it's still to this day i can find the exact date where i lived in the town with other people reporting these other weird lights mm. and i think we might have got it on video i can't remember this was 2006 it's probably on an old nokia somewhere <laughs> and um and it was like you could have said that they were potentially lanterns, mm. but the way that they were moving was really, um, I don't know what you call it. It was, it, I don't know, it was like going up, down, right, left, and it was very precise. Okay. It wasn't just like floating. It seemed like it was very like dynamic. Like a sequence. Yeah. yeah, and it was bizarre, and it was like these orange lights, and wow. they were doing all these weird things, but it wasn't, it didn't look like lanterns. And, you know, we sort of, me and my mum and my boyfriend at the time were just kind of like, oh, that's weird. And we're a bit weirded out by it. But you know, it's just one of those things, but that is the closest I've ever come. I've never been yeah. abducted, fortunately. I've never seen anything weird um, in regards <laughs> to potential aliens. But yeah, I think if you have an alien story, it's it's quite rare. 
Yeah, and I this this formed part of my research as well because I watched uh, I watched a clip from the o- Oprah Winfrey show where this guy like had this alien experience, but he basically fi- found out about it through having regression therapy. Oh. Uh, so he's having regression therapy and he's talking about the experience of what happened to him and I just found myself questioning well could that not be some other kind of trauma the brain is very complicated but his psychologist or like I can't remember who's his doctor anyway the other person who was on the show who like was helping this guy with his treatment and said yeah it's because of this alien encounter that he had he goes it's really hard to get people to come out and tell their stories people think that people just want fame and they're going to come out and go yes I've seen an alien but because they become like a bit of a social pariah or they they get like shouted down people think you're crazy it up yeah, yeah people people question your sanity no one no one does want to come forwards so i thought well i wonder if that makes us more likely or less likely to believe them but uh i guess if i have to break it down i have to think about what is there evidence for yeah but, um but yeah maybe there's something else going on it's, it's hard because we have guy. we have inbuilt prejudices like i don't know if you've watched the recent show as well on netflix called unsolved mysteries there was just this one alien episode and I don't have any info for anyone to tell you like any places or times, but it was this big yeah. event where in the maybe 70s, 80s, where these people in these towns that didn't know each other experienced the exact same weird alien thing mm. all at the same time. Mm. And like some of it, I was like, I was really interested. And then one point this guy was like, and then I was beamed up and I was in a ship. And then at that point I checked out and I was like, fuck's sake. But the thing is, I'm then prejudicing because, you know, with these other things where there was like, I saw this weird light when I was in my car or I woke up somewhere else. I'm like, oh. But then as soon as he talks about being beamed into an alien ship, I'm like, mm. Mm. And so I think we all have this sort of balance of what we think is crazy and what we think is not true. And it's so hard because these things could be happening and that, that whole thing could be completely true. And we're just being like, no, you guys are crazy. When really it could, you know, it's so hard because we and ourselves have this inbuilt prejudice unless suddenly an alien just rocks up right now and walks through that door <laughs> i'm probably not gonna fully believe anyone there would only be an alien called steve <laughs> <laughs> but um are you afraid of aliens so this is something that i have a bit of an interesting point okay and our friends emma and dan from the amazing real life ghost stories podcast might hate me for this emma in particular because i know she's she's deathly afraid of aliens like my deathly fear of zombies is uh on a on a par with that but dan often talks about how like at least aliens are corporeal so if there was a civilization out there and if they were hostile uh and they came and tried to attack us you know independence day happened we've got our guns we've got weapons you can get a weapon you can fight an alien but okay and sorry for this in advance uh but helen sharman who is the first british person to enter space when she was age 27 she has stated that aliens undoubtedly exist although they may not be made up of carbon and nitrogen like humans uh, in an interview with The Observer, she said, it's possible they're here right now and we simply can't see them. What are you trying, to say? Simply can't what are you trying to say? No, <laughs> that's horrible. I know, right? So like, if they're not carbon-based life forms, they might not be corporeal. They might not be interacting with us on, uh, you know, the 
the physical kind of evidence ways that we would look for and try to prove. So uh, I don't I, like this either. <laughs> that's a really horrible theory, isn't it? Sorry, but she was the first British person in space. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I mean, well, she's kind of an authority that's on the so interesting. outer space. Um, and for the aliens that could be present in the room right now, hello. I mean, you know, harm. We're talking about you right now, but it's fine. Please don't hurt me. Also, just to say, um, if you do smell a fart, it was them, not me. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Well, that's nice. Do you find that scary? Um, I still think that the probability of of a hostile civilization being out there is so small. Because the other thing is, if there's an alien civilization who discovered us, we would probably be like, Earth would be ransacked for its natural resources and we'd all be killing and eating each other before you could say, hey, come follow us on social media. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean... Like I said, we've got D. Ream, we've got Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum, we've got Sigourney Weaver. I think we'll be fine if aliens come. We've got plenty of uh, <laughs> plenty of people who I think will be able to save us. If everything that has happened so far with these potential sightings, with Bob Lazar and all this other stuff, if we have this stuff and we've captured them or interacted with them or they've been in our airspace which is something we're going to talk about in a bit then I think that they would have attacked us and murdered us all by now that's the way I look at it I'm thinking if they know that we're here and we you know we apparently in Area 51 know that they're there I think that we don't have to fear hostility right now I mean maybe they're just biding their time a couple of thousand years but I won't be here so it's okay um I'm not sure but I don't I don't know there there is something very unnerving about it just knowing that they could be there mm. and yeah I was okay well, let's just fuck it let's go into the airspace thing now so obviously there's that <laughs> video that's been released from like the military um is that the one that Tom DeLong found and yeah. released but now yeah. but now I don't know it was NASA or who it was have said that this is they don't know what it is and they've basically admitted that so that's the government saying yes this video exists we don't know what it is Mm. do what you will with it but they've effectively said it's you know it it is a real video and it's out there and that filled me with utter terror because at that point i was like well they're not debunking it they're saying and you can tell it's real because the guys in the plane are shitting themselves and Mm. and that really made me fearful but then at the same time i go back to my point of well if they're there and they haven't done anything yet Mm. then but then it also fills me with dread over the fact that they could just be like in the corner of the room right now, just chilling. <laughs> but then the uh, former NASA astronaut and ISS commander Leroy Chow, he is on record as saying that is most likely some kind of military tech. Maybe, maybe. So like, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like I've not been blown up or abducted or probed yet so well as you know we're probably fine (laughs) i don't know but then that i mean i don't mean to like undermine people's lived experiences who really do feel they've had these traumatic encounters but i just i just don't think for me there is enough evidence for me to to a believe that that they're out there these complex life forms intelligent life forms um they could be listening to this podcast right now I mean, if you are, then fine. Come show me your spaceship, all right? And then I'll back you up. <laughs> Get your spaceship out, because Leah doesn't believe you're real. Yeah, show oh, this me is, I don't want to invite the aliens to us. What are we doing? This is a terrible idea. Well, we might not be able to interact with them anyway if they're not carbon-based life forms. They could be like... We might not be able to see them, or... Might be a bit blobbish. <laughs> yeah, that might just be some like weird ectoplasm or something. Mm. I mean, that's ghosts, but I don't know. You never know. So... 
how I mean I'm if we haven't already got there sorry I'm afraid of failures you are. Um, <laughs> and that does definitely link to films and tv I think for for me like I think the first movie that really terrified me a lot of people talk about this it's been mentioned a lot of the times is signs and that one scene where that fucking alien just walks across the pathway <laughs> I died after that I you know I think it gets a bit crazy and I didn't care anymore but that one moment of that weird like creature walking across just scarred me for life I'm mm. not I wouldn't say I'm a huge huge like alien phobic person but I definitely think films have made it worse for me because they're always portrayed quite badly but let's just go into E.T. right now (laughs) I've been so yeah because I feel like this was watching something like E.T. was quite a formative like you know experience for a lot of kids because we grow up with stories and they those stories that we uh take in um as kids they uh, sort of shape who we are and how we see the world and everything um and et is a massive like childhood staple yeah so uh what what was your experience of like that film it was my favorite movie as a kid i loved et like but i had a love-hate relationship which i think i might have spoken about (laughs) in my previous podcast, maybe on our Patreon, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if I've ever spoken about it that publicly. It sounds like I've had a relationship with E.T. I haven't had a relationship with E.T. <laughs> you had a love-hate relationship with Yeah, the, but not an with actual... The film. With Yeah, not, not E.T. himself. <laughs> so, yeah, growing up, loved, loved E.T., but also was terrified of E.T. I used to have these weird nightmares that E.T. was chasing me. Mm. Um, and you know he made that horrible noise? I don't know if you remember it. The it was, screechy kind yeah. of noise, yeah. I used to dream that, like... I would be running up the stairs and he was chasing behind me. Okay. Screeching. And so that's why I had this weird fascination with E.T. because he was cool, but then also he was scary. And mm. and I just, you know, you love him, but you're also like, you're weird. You look like a pepperami. <laughs> you're all wrinkly. Um, and so the funny, th- my funny E.T. story, this has actually nothing to do with whether I believe in aliens or not, is <laughs> I was in maybe like year three and they asked us in class, they said, uh, okay, everyone's going to draw a poster of their heroes. And all the kids drew their heroes, David Beckham, (laughs) Sporty Spice, or their mum or their dad. That was what, you know, and we're meant to get in front of the class and present our heroes (laughs) to everyone. I can see where this might be going. I drew E.T. Right. (laughs) And so, you know, I didn't know that everyone was going to do all these like normal things and just say like pop stars and football players and their mum or their dad's their hero. I got up in front of the class with a poster of E.T. and said, E.T. is my hero. (laughs) that's so sweet and I didn't really think I had a good reason I was like well I just think he's bloody cool and uh and and yeah oh I didn't say bloody obviously I probably would have got kicked out of school but he's really chuffing cool guys (laughs) but yeah I I think that probably solidified my status in school for the rest of my life is the ET girl um but yeah I loved fucking loved him despite his scariness I don't know where I was going that I just really wanted to tell my ET story I mean, I love that. Like, <laughs> what's great is that, like, I mean, at, at least it was something that you enjoyed. I always remember thinking it was a bit of a prick. Why? Because, like, don't hide in my toys and then look all slimy and I don't want to touch you and you're going to get slime all over the toys. I don't think he was slimy. I'm just going to defend him right now. He looked really slimy. He wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't what you would expect as, like, a typical uh, alien aesthetic, you know? He... <laughs> He had his flaws, and some may not think that he's lovely, but do I'm know, defending E.T. now. Do you he's know my who, hero. Do you know who I prefer rather than E.T.? Who? Paul. Paul's all right, but Paul's like that good-looking alien that you see like down the street. <laughs> 
the one with like Seth Rogen's voice or whatever yeah. who's like hey that's cool a bit like Roger I'll smoke some weed from and... American Dad the, the <laughs> yeah. cool alien whereas yeah, E.T. is more like the underdog alien <laughs> the normally wants to touch or be near <laughs> but I love him not when he chases me up the stairs though no not not with the screeching um, I mean it'd be cool I like growing I have said this maybe not on the podcast but like growing up for a while my bike was my best friend so like, oh, wow. okay. where he makes the bike fly that oh, yeah. would have been cool I would have been you would have been cool with him that. out I would have been like make my bike fly <laughs> then we're fine we can still be best friends but I don't need the alien anymore I can just see you like you know how Elliot and E.T. like go past like the moon I can just see you and E.T. doing that but then if you go past the moon you just lob him out drop kicking him <laughs> yeah. out of the bike like fuck off now <laughs> I can fly I don't need you Poor E.T. But yeah, I, so I, I had this sort of fascination with aliens like E.T. I loved them, but I was scared by them. Um, mm. And I think that sort of continued on throughout my life. But probably the fear rose more because we got less nice alien movies and got a lot more scary. Yeah, horror, yeah. sci-fi stuff. Um, so I, I guess that kind of brings us on to like, you know, the real life encounters that people... Uh, you know, claim to have witnessed. Um, so we, because this is case files as well, we've got a couple of stories that we can have a look at um, and just discuss and, yeah. uh, you know, see see what we think of them. So you uh, found a, a story if you want to yes. do yours. So I found a story which was uh, called the, like, the Zimbabwe children or the Rua Zimbabwe children, which uh, was an event that happened in September of 1994 where several UFOs were allegedly seen near a school in Rua, Zimbabwe. So there was about 60 children, and they were supposedly, they observed these these UFOs in the playground. And uh, these kids described the aliens that they saw as beings with big heads, no nose, just two holes, no mouth, and long black hair. The children also said they were dressed in dark suits and communicated telepathically. The aliens were basically saying that they think something is going to happen, and that maybe, like, the world was going to end... So this information I got, I'm just going to, I want to actually obviously be able to reference where I got this from, is from someone from the Mail and Guardian South Africa, because I don't want to cite people without telling them that I've cited them. <laughs> so what kind of happened, sort of break down the story, is all the teachers did into the staff room, and that the children had apparently run off into an area, coming from like a bush-like area, and there were disc-like objects coming in along the power lines that finally landed amongst the rough in the trees. And the kids were a little bit afraid, but they were curious, so anyway, they ran over... And then they apparently saw a small creature walk around the top of the craft while others came down to check out the children. And the children had said that they had big eyes like rugby balls. <laughs> Fucking horrible. How big were their heads? Oh, quite big, apparently. So when the kids returned to class, they were all completely freaked out and couldn't stop nattering about little men who looked a bit like Michael Jackson. <laughs> yep, that's from the article. The teachers told them to shut up as teachers you know would do and the classes proceeded but then the next day the school received a bunch of calls from parents wanting to know why their kids were so spooked and then it started to get the teachers freaked out and a local ufo expert called cynthia heim was invited to speak to everyone so she spoke to all of the kids and each each kid described the event precisely as each other so they thought a lot of these stories would end up being incorrect you know because when you've got like a group mass thing like if it didn't happen, then you sort of tend to get discrepancies within the story. But apparently the story was matching up really, really well. And uh, yeah, the Michael Jackson thing, I think it was because of like the long black hair that they were saying, maybe. I'm not really quite sure. And the nose thing. And the, yeah, I mean, it was... It's like a cross between him and Voldemort. But yeah, so she, the, the UFO expert sort of interviewed all the kids and they do have like a kind of theory that maybe it was ch- playground whispers. So one kid said it and then the others took it and then they were all saying it. 
but maybe it was just one event maybe one kid saw something that they thought was weird and they've they've put it down to maybe like the kids just imagining something and then the rest of them hearing it and apparently a lot of the other kids were saying it was like mythical beings or sort of you know like uh kind of like cryptidy tiny things like oh it's this mysterious tribe that look a certain way or mm-hmm. um and that for some reason it sort of just seemed to come down to no it's aliens and and yeah i've looked into it a lot and i can't seem to find any kind of like uh thing against it or for it it's just something that happened that nobody really understands and the adults are all grown up now and i think they're all very much still like yeah we saw it and it just weirded me out and i think the way the reason it weirded me out was just because of the description like with the big heads rugby ball eyes no nose no mouth long black hair and speaking telepathically mm. it I don't know why they're in suits. I'm, I don't know what that's. That seems a little I mean, silly. at least they're fancy. At least, yeah, at least they rocked Sharp up. Sharp dresses. Looking good. Yeah, they wore their best outfits to come to Earth. Yeah, but it, it was weird. And I just read it and it just, like, I think it was the hair. I think that's what did it for me. I was like, oh no, like, aliens with hair, that's not okay. Like, if E.T. had hair, I'd be like, nope. Sorry, E.T. That would look really weird. Like an American dad where Roger, like, dresses up yeah. to, like, go out and about and he puts a wig on and you're like, what? This is just really weird. Yeah, it's it's odd. But yeah, definitely look up. It's called, like, the Rua UFO or just or anything like that I think there might be a documentary and I really should have watched that before I said it but maybe I'll watch it at some other point but it's just a weird story that I heard that I thought was creepy maybe we can find some like artistic interpretations yeah. of what these beings well, would look like because we'll share it be really cool. <laughs> we'll yeah. show you all and disturb you all it may be really silly and I might take back my case but that's my case the only thing that I would say though is it would be really difficult for one kid to make up this story and pass it to somebody else and pass it to somebody else. There were 60 else. of them. For, yeah, among 60 children mm. and for each of their testimonies to still hold up so strong and, and corroborate each yeah. other um, because, like, any news reporter worth their salt will tell you, like, you you ask open questions, you take their statement and you find the common thread. Mm. So unless this was a huge premeditated that everybody was in on and they're still in on it now. Yeah. Um, I mean, which is a pretty big ask. Yeah, so I don't know. It's a difficult one. Apparently as well, looking into it later, they think that what the aliens were trying to say, I think this might have come from the adults that were then children, mm. about how they think it, what the aliens were telling them was to do with the environment. Right. <laughs> Which is weird, because that could be like, basically they were like, don't fuck up the environment, kids. Um, I did, I if did. If only they told that to the people who own like Shell and BP and uh, like the, you know, uh, huge superpowers of the I do, world. I do have a quick image for you of some of the drawings. Okay. Oh, okay, that last one yeah, is I really know. creepy. Like the, the 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 eyes are completely black, like look at the, soulless. Look at the hair. They're they got mullets. <laughs> oh my god! But the body looks quite cute, like Baymax. Yeah. Like they're a little bit chubby. <laughs> it's um sort of chubby goths. <laughs> yeah. So basically, to summarise. These aliens went to Zimbabwe to warn us all that we're fucking up the planet. And I mean, we haven't done very well since then. So they're probably just looking up from space, just being like, <sighs> aliens. Can you please target the right people with your message? Yeah, maybe don't go to a playground full of children. Maybe don't go tell the kids. Maybe tell the adults who can make the choices <laughs> to improve things. <laughs> but good try anyway. We appreciate it. Yeah. Don't come to us, please. Thanks for the warning. Yeah, um, so what, what's your case? Okay, I, I I did the homework, miss, I promise. Okay. <laughs> 
but it didn't I didn't find that many stories that really scared me and I just feel like I'm just not a person who feels like I'm really scared of aliens so maybe this will scare people but I thought it was quite funny um so sorry in advance for however this goes but I found uh one of the stories that inspired um Spielberg's film Close Encounters of the Third Kind so you may have heard this one before um I basically just have transcribed this into my own uh language so I'm not like stealing it I'm just paraphrasing uh so this occurred in Argentina in 1963 two sisters named Yulia and Yolanda Moreno are at their farm alone while their husbands are away on a routine military mission their electric generator fails so the household decides to go to bed early their maid, Dora, bursts into the room, warning the sisters of strange lights. Not only lights, but machines. Dora was typically known for her calm demeanour, so these claims were very out of character for her. Her sisters had never seen her so afraid before. They go outside to investigate, expecting to see a gorilla jeep or a tank, but saw nothing. The maid explained that the lights were coming from the railroad, so one of the sisters stops to grab a gun, and they head in that direction. After walking for a while to find a vantage point, they finally encounter what the maid had seen, something they couldn't explain. Two illuminated discs, both shining light towards each other, forming a tube or tunnel of light between them. Seeking a clearer vision, one of the sisters, Yulie, decides to move closer. She wanted to see what the lights truly were. The illumination before them has a faint green glow to it, and they momentarily wonder if it could be the caretaker's truck coming to the house. Yolanda pointed her flashlight in the direction of the spectacle and they finally saw a huge disc-shaped machine in front of them, at least 10 metres wide, with rectangular windows surrounding its circumference. The object projects a beam of light from its position. Yulia is mysteriously drawn to the beam of light and extends a hand into the light's pathway. She starts to feel an aura of heat around her arm, but the light doesn't burn her. Then the object began to emit a strange mist, the mist, whatever it might have been made up of, starts to entrance the maid, who drifts towards the machine. Although the sisters tried to, to stop her, Dora wanted to explore her. <laughs> Did you put that in there? Just to break the tension, yeah. <laughs> but the object began to rock back and forth, and a light from inside the machine starts to spin until the glow became orange. From the underbelly of this craft, a tunnel of fire blasted towards the ground, knocking the women over. Shaken to their very core, they fled back towards the house. The disc-shaped object hovered above them for a while, but as they neared the house, it suddenly vanished. They went to their neighbour's property, who also confirmed seeing weird light activity above his house. On the same night, a doctor whose car broke down nearby reported seeing at least 50 strange lights overhead. Uh, and this case has been kind of talked about a lot and obviously uh, dramatised in, in films in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, and it's just one of those ones that, again, like like you're saying with yours, you can't kind of disprove it. It's just what somebody, what an eyewitness claims that they saw. Mm. Your storytelling was way more intense than mine. I should have worked on mine. <laughs> that was good. That was interesting. One thing I always think about with alien spacecrafts is why do they all look the same? Like, where... Where have we got this one thing back, like from, and everything seems to follow suit? Like it makes me wonder. Do you know what I mean? Because like you think of UFO, and they're always kind of like a certain disc. They're always. 
it's it's weird, isn't it? Mm. When you think about our space travel, it's all rockets yeah. and you know, kind of basically missile shaped stuff, long thin tubes with you know huge so the aerodynamic. Why wouldn't why would alien technology be different? But like, that does seem like a strange interpretation. Doesn't it's it? almost coincidental though, I find, because why is everything always like that? And it's the same thing about alien tropes and the way that aliens look. Weirdly, it makes me feel more for the existence because I'm like, that must have come from somewhere whenever anyone sees anything. But is it just because they're predispositioned to think that that's what... That's what I think, yeah. which makes me think it's less likely mm. that they exist. Because oh, I if I if I had a dream that I was abducted by aliens, I would imagine a disc space... A, a beam. A, yeah, a, a, like a flying saucer shaped yeah. thing, like a disc. And yeah, a beam of green light and little humanoid creatures with big heads big and eyes. spindly fingers or whatever. Um, and, you know, all the probing and stuff. Because that's the kind of media narrative that we've heard yeah. about and seen portrayed in, in films and, and stories and so that would kind of be my my expectation making me biased as to what I would expect to, to happen yeah. so I don't know is it self-fulfilling prophecy or is it like no these have really happened yeah and it's consistently happening yeah. it's so hard because it could be either one easily it could easily well I know that you're probably like I'm more, of a, I'm more of a skeptic yeah. we're a regular Mulder and Scully <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one I am whoever the skeptic I'm was I'm not good with X-Files I want to be David Duchovny. I mean, you can if you want. I don't know who this guy. I never watched it. Somebody let us know. Tell us on Instagram <laughs> who's who. We will Photoshop our faces. I just think David Duchovny is very handsome. Um, he no, was just... in another Alien film, Evolution. You remember that one? Oh yeah, yeah. With, um, oh, that was a comedy. Stifler, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. From... Set... No, I don't know what his name was. Yeah. He's not really been in much, has he? No, not really. <laughs> But anyway, that yeah, that was quite scary. But yeah, it does it does lead us on to sort of contemplations of like, is what is our interpretation of an alien and where is that come from and is it just from when back in like the seventies where people would make movies on aliens and there'd always be that disc, you know, mm. and that's now the precedent of what an alien is. But as you were saying before, aliens might not even really be visible in our world as what mm. we think they would be. And if they had ships, maybe they'll be like I don't know, penis shaped. Like how do we know? <laughs> If I if I was an alien and I was like, yo, there's like these cool like there's this cool planet like there's something really funny we could do, <laughs> make a penis shaped. Like, they would like, not expect that. Which hello, our rockets and missiles are already super yeah, fast. Exactly. So like you know they've they only got to take trying, it a tiny step further. <laughs> they could just be trying to interpret like you know what they've sort of got from. Uh, they might have tuned in to some porn channels by accident and thought that that's what is you know what's happening on earth but really they're like they, they like this shape a lot let's make a spaceship out of it they won't suspect the thing then they'll then they'll be friends with us <laughs> just this incoming penis onto earth. that would not be you know what you would expect but so much of the language is so like over sexualized as well and like probing and yeah. like you know which all... i think leads us nicely onto your creative corner actually yeah i mean there's there's i'm not a massive sci-fi person so uh i i can't really make any recommendations for creative corner in this episode uh but yeah i just thought it'd be kind of cool to just talk about some portrayals that we've seen and like yeah the, one of the the most common ones that i think people will probably be aware of is like the hypersexualized nature female alien right it's rule 34 isn't it uh rule 34 is is whatever you can conceive of whatever you like topic you can imagine porn exists of it and like i feel there is a massive like them there must i mean i'm not its target audience but (laughs) i feel them it must be like such a huge niche 
there's an awful porn film which I've seen a glimpse of and I wanted to burn my eyes out afterwards. Oh, God. Um, it, was, it was, like, put on in a bar that had um, access to, like... It was back in the day. They had these monitors and you could search whatever you wanted on the internet. And people would, mm. for some reason, put this on as a joke. Um, they would put E.T. porn on. And oh, I glimpsed no. it. And it was ridiculous. Someone in a paper mache alien E.T. But he suit. was your hero. I know. I was disturbed. Like, paper mache alien suit with, like, a giant... ETP. It was Aww. horrible. But anyway, as you said, people can make that's porn upsetting. out of anything. Yeah. But I do find that back in the day, maybe sort of like obviously 70s, 80s, 90s, when a lot mm. of these sci-fi alien movies were coming out, um, the hot alien trope was used so much. And I've got some examples. So yeah. sorry, I'm taking over Creative Corner, by the way. No, well, the thing is, I mean, for any examples are, are good to mention because yeah. it all kind of builds up our, our cultural viewpoint of it's it. It's a big thing as well um, in yeah. the media, obviously, with aliens and stuff. But yeah, so Mary from Total Recall, who you remember is the three-boobed female alien. Right. She was also a lady of the night. Uh-huh. Um, it, you know, that was more, you know, there was a lot of comedy in Total Recall, but that kind of mm-hmm. plays upon that that thing of kind of making these female aliens to be this sort of sexualized being. Uh, Princess Aura from Flash Gordon from uh, 1980. She mm. wore like very skimpy costumes and sort of, she managed to make the hero crash a spaceship by seducing him. And she was like a very seductive alien character. And also Syl from the film Species in 1995, which I saw by accident as a child, which mm. I regretted. She was this hyper alien sexual predator who looked just like a woman. She was just a sexy woman. Mm. she barely looked like an alien I think maybe she had another form but the form that she was in all the time was just sexy American lady mm. um, she tries to mate with every male she comes off she kills them afterwards but she's so sexualized, and um, and I think that it's changed a lot now I don't feel like we have that as much mm. in our in our movies and our film but definitely back way when I think that there was a lot of this sexualization of female aliens not so much males there was never really that much male I mean I don't know that many people who were like oh my god Jar Jar Binks mm. <laughs> like <laughs> do you know what i mean like it does the shoe does not go on the other foot like (laughs) it just does not happen or like oh my god yoda Mm." like it just (laughs) no one feels this way about well that makes me think star wars twi'leks they were incredibly sexualized and they still are in in like any star wars movie they're meant to be very like they dance or sexy Mm. and like yeah but yeah and then you look at Jar Jar Binks and you're like where's our male hot alien (laughs) you know even the odds guys yeah um and but even in like uh other things so like one of the things i know it's not sort of strictly alien but in um i remember when you were streaming uh resident evil 4 was it and uh, um three. resident evil the 3 remake. yes the remake and you're you're jill valentine and you're going through these tunnels and this alien spider thing basically deep throats its uh tentacle arm into her mouth oh yeah fully and lays its eggs and she's she's gonna die if she doesn't she's basically gagging with this fucking thing in her mouth and it was a little bit much that is 100% someone's fetish like that is so hyper sexualized uh and unfortunately like for creatives that like this is a a bit of a a stigma to uh, try and overcome and and to try and kind of steer representation into into different ways um it's it's similar to to what I do which is fantasy so you still have to build a whole world and a whole structure of life and powers and you know systems of belief and everything uh but there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of aliens in sci-fi at the moment because you get these trends like in sort of fantasy and YA like a few years back it was vampires and twilight and everything was vampires that's not really happening in those genres anymore and it's the same with sci-fi a lot of it is AI 
and mm. like dystopian and, and we've lost all. aliens a little bit yeah so i'm sure it'll come back around um but i do have uh, one recommendation i don't know if you've watched uh this series sex education on netflix no. there is a character in that show called lily uh who has a major alien kink and she really wants to lose her virginity and it is just <laughs> the funniest thing um it's a great Sounds show like, anyway um, steph from games for five she likes aliens <laughs> well wasn't there a male alien that she oh, liked yeah. there, yeah. so there's one women have got one well there so people Ma- who are attracted to Mass ma- male aliens is quite good in their portrayal of sexual <laughs> relationship with, with aliens um because i was going to use an example because asari from the game mass effect like as a species they are made to be quite sexual but their actual their gender isn't actually necessarily female mm. they don't really have gender but they are still quite sexualized but there's so many other aliens in there uh male aliens female aliens and you can you can get with a lot of them mm. and so actually the mass effect's quite good for 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 any alien affairs out there. <laughs> so there you go. That's our recommendation <laughs> of the week, kids. Uh, check out Mass Effect for all your alien <laughs> sexy needs. Yeah, but I think you know, I think as time has progressed, I you know, I think about Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think about someone like Gamora, who is a female alien, who right. is really badass, and her sister too. Can't remember her name. Uh, Nebula. Yeah, I, I, love I look Nebula. at them. She's so cool, and I think that's right. You know, they're not really sexualized. Yeah, they're hot, but they're not like they're badass women that are just doing their own thing. They're also not wearing the skimpy outfits no. and having three tits and yeah, being, and being like, a bit of a joke. These sex objects, like yeah. they are their own characters. They have their own you know agency and they're not just there yeah. as this as an accessory so for sure i think we've progressed from yeah the hot sexy alien trope i'm sure it comes up but mm. i think we're we're past that now it was definitely something uh from you know more the beginning of, of movies and film mm. with sci-fi sci-fi things where everything was a little bit silly mm. um hentai is still a bit of a weird thing sometimes i look yeah. at hentai actually, I, I don't look at hentai guys i don't look at it <laughs> i mean as, I, as a broad topic <laughs> as a broad topic when i think about it because we, we sort of decided to touch upon this a little bit and i'm like with hentai, it's weird because obviously there is a lot of, you know, stuff going on with tentacles up in everyone's ladies' places. But sometimes, you know, the aliens are women themselves and they're the ones with the tentacles. But then often with like Japanese hentai and stuff, it's often like a younger girl who's kind of innocent and all that weird stuff's going on. Mm. But it's hard because sometimes you're like, well, it's difficult because it is bad. But at the same time, sometimes the women are also the alien monsters. So it's hard It's hard to know exactly what to mm. say about <laughs> and I'm gonna stop now but but like but you're right though and like there's so much fan content out there like fan made content and uh a few writers that I know write write fan content for 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 books and series that they like and I was just checking out their their work on this on this site and it's all very pg-13 or very above board uh but I was having a browse seeing what else was out there and went uh onto like some fandoms that I like uh and just like had a look and one of the first things that came up was a female character character that I really liked getting put in a room and just forcibly having all these tentacles oh go God, everywhere inside okay. her and I was like oh my god this is the, like it's so it's anybody could access that like yeah. there's no you know you know it's not I like, don't I don't want to shame people because you're into what you're into sure but I think that sometimes 
it just I just find it a bit unnerving <laughs> I don't know it just I don't know it just I sometimes just find it as, as a woman I think I get a bit disturbed by it sometimes right like, especially because yeah. this is not for girls and we talk about the the gender politics of certain situations like there's there's definitely some areas where and this is regardless of kink like it's not just saying this is about aliens but for a lot of different areas it's where that gets into slightly um yeah forcible it's going to be quite aggressive I mean not um, really like the Jill Valentine yeah. one yeah. where it's just this thing is just deep throating her and yeah it, like it's just horrible to see that mm. like it really is unnerving <laughs> i i think there's levels that are worrying to it i mean so in some ways if it's a part of the narrative it's part of the story mm. of whether it's a porn or not i don't know i know the story in porn um <laughs> is there <laughs> it's, it's just there's an undertone to it that i find worrying i think yeah. that's it like there's just that sort of undertone of it's a little bit non-consensual mm. in some ways yeah. and I think that's what worries me but mm. you know a lot of time with hentai it's animation it's not actually happening but it's kind of what you're what are you putting out there and, mm. and what are you saying that is is okay and I don't know and you can uh you can basically cr- like give yourself a fetish by continuing to exclusively you know enjoy content like this uh it can get to the point for some people where that's all that works for them aliens and i would just be a little bit you know reluctant for kind of advocating for that like sure you can be into whatever you're into and yeah we don't want to kink shame anybody but like if it gets to that point where that's the only thing that can can get you there (laughs) then having actual fulfilling human relationships like which is part of our heart like what we're hardwired to to oh, do yeah. like that's just gonna that's gonna be like near impossible like, I, just... I don't know I end up feeling bad like for people because like there's this these rabbit holes that you can just fall into and then oh god I'm now like a furry or someone's tinder profile which is like looking for aliens i'll take nothing but aliens i just picture this this person that just is really into aliens and makes their their new prospective partner just walk into the room in like a big tentacle alien outfit like this is this is what i've got to do this is all he likes now (laughs) she likes it's just it's mad but you know not kink shaming if you like aliens you like aliens but yeah just the undertone sometimes worrying yeah just keep it keep it all you know above board if you wanted consensual that's that's the main thing yeah consensual but um but yeah so creative corner went dark guys <laughs> yeah we basically went from like real serious alien shit to just like sexy alien sex to just like oh god um we may be regretting what <laughs> we say now porn. <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm so glad that my family don't listen to this one i <laughs> don't listen to any of them thank goodness no my, i don't think my parents know what podcasts are and if any of you tell them <laughs> i will i will <laughs> I think, I think if they ever did, I'd have to brand what episodes are safe to listen to. And so far, not many. <laughs> yeah, we got some swearing and some some adult content yeah. um, going out there. But So what's in the science section this week? Let's, so, let's go to that. Science section is just really going to be us talking about a few notes to sort of contemplate the scientific evidence for for or against aliens. Mm. And I've sort of, I've basically gone to an article at NBC News, which is, I just took an interview with a guy called Seth Shostak, who is an American astronomer and author. I think he might have actually worked on the movie that you were talking about um, before. Whatever the Close Encounters? Yeah, or something oh, cool. like that. He, he's worked on, on a lot of alien movies. He's often the person that they go to to talk about sort of general stuff. So, But he is an astronomer and he's I think he's, he works for the SETI Institute, which is a non, not-for-profit research organisation incorporated in 1984, mm. which mission is to like explore, understand and explain the origin and nature of life in the universe and apply the knowledge and inspire to guide like future generations so you know an interesting person who seems quite intelligent but they've kind Mm. of just gone through a few sort of things of 
proof or not proof, but he notes that there is no direct proof for any life beyond Earth, but the universe is home to a lot of stars, and the research over the past decades has shown that perhaps at least 50% of those stars harbour planets. So it's the probability thing again. Mm. Um, and he estimates that there's at least one trillion planets in the Milky Way alone, and surely some of them have undergone what Earth has undergone and developed life, which eventually is what we call sentient life. Mm. And yeah, he his argument is probability as well that we can't be the only intelligent ones in the galaxy. It's just, it would be improbable. So he thinks that there is complex life forms out there, multi-cell organisms yeah, who are capable of building civilizations. Somewhere. In, yeah. in, obviously, it's such a vast universe. Mm. But then, like, now we'll sort of go into some key things like water. Water is a key ingredient for life, as we know it especially, and mm. liquid water is fairly common in our local solar system. So there is a lot of it. And uh, a lot of evidence is mounting that liquid water may flow underneath the surface of Mars. Also, a moon in Jupiter appears to have a liquid ocean. Wow. So, which is really interesting because that tends to be where you get life. So that's that's a thing for it, which is scary. Again, not mm. saying that these are proof for aliens, but it's bringing together things that do tend to equal life. Not necessarily, but... Another thing as well is that scientists estimate that the planet Earth is about 4.5 billion years old and the earliest evidence for life comes from 3.4 billion year old mats of bacteria called stromatolites. I can't say this now, stromatolites in Australia. Since even bacteria are biologically complex, scientists think that they arose from life forms that got a foothold on Earth even earlier. So this suggests that it wasn't terribly improbable that the evolution of life um, happened very quickly as well. So mm. life can develop quite quickly in the grand scheme of things. Yes, I know that seems like a long way away, but you know when you're looking across the galaxy time is a little bit different mm. time obviously will work because it takes us however long to get certain places or like light years like exactly you know, might not even uh ha- like happen in a human's lifetime like if we try to travel yeah to wherever we think the aliens are like yeah and we don't know thing how that we would have to procreate and yeah. have like a small civilization cell mm. kind of going that way because it would take multiple lifetimes yeah. to travel that far and we don't know how long these planets have been going for when they mm. came to be and and you know if they have things like water then it really is only a matter of time if they have the perfect environment it's only a matter mm. of time and as well uh extreme environments so we found out only in really recent years that um, you can find life in extreme environments. So the cold, dark depths of the oceans we found in hydrothermal vents uh, harbour life, which was amazing to find out. Like, Because mm. we always said, well, there can't be life in extreme environments. But life can adapt to really tough conditions. And, you know, it's likely that most of the universe is going to be filled with habitats that are tough. Mm. So that's something to think about. I think a lot of these points are just something to think about. Um, you know, they don't say that there is proof, but it's proof that there could be something, whether it's tiny little bacterias which leads me again to then radio waves so Shostak and his colleagues at the SETI Institute frequently harness some of the world's largest radio telescopes to home in on distant stars to see if they can find alien life um generally they've not really found anything substantial I think everything that comes through could be put down to like human stuff humans just doing weird shit or or just hearing stuff that you know when you hear something and you think our brains interpret it as something that it's not like Mm. someone saying hello when it's not actually hello it's just us someone goes see ya and i think they're going leah and they go yeah exactly (laughs) like a dumbass um (laughs) however there was one interesting signal which i actually looked into a little bit while doing this which was a signal detected on august 15th 1977 during a search with ohio state university bigger observatory um it's something that's never been explained 
So it was impressive enough to encourage the astronomer who found it to write wow on a printout. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, follow-up experiments to detect it again have failed. So I'm not sure exactly what the noise was, but it obviously made him go, wow. <laughs> so um, whatever it was, it happened once and it was weird. And right. I don't know what it sounded like. I haven't listened to it myself, but it, it's just something that's quite like famous because of how he responded. <laughs> But anyway, uh, and then the only other sort of thing to mention that he was discussing was was just the fact that some people have seen aliens. And although, you know, no concrete evidence in the story come forward, when I say concrete, I mean that there's no proof. Mm. Um, but, you know, around half people in the US believe that aliens have already visited. And a lot of them have, well, I don't know if it's over half of America, but a lot of people in America believe that they have seen them or witnessed something, whether it's flying saucers or debris. Um, but none of the evidence has really obviously come to a conclusion or we don't mm. know about it because of Area 51. Mm. Well, that's, that's so interesting because um, one of the uh, Professor Brian Cox things that I was watching, he was talking about how like, it's a fine if like governments want to try and cover things up, but like scientists are so big mouth, they do not keep things quiet. Mm. If there's a scientific discovery, it's like, oh my God, you guys, we found a thing. Yeah, it's exciting. Like, like he... he very much believes like if we found something we would know it would be public knowledge like it would be so difficult for any one particular government to try and cover that up um but i thought it was interesting that you mentioned water as well because uh another thing that he mentioned was that a lot of highly intelligent creatures like dolphins and whales etc would obviously never build spaceships because electricity Mm -hmm. and water not a great mix so uh if there are aliens out there that are like water-based life forms they would never like think of uh considering the kind of like engineering necessary for interplanetary travel um but then you add time into the mix that's the thing when you add Mm. the time as a variable well, I don't know if you've ever played Zelda, but, you know, the Zoras, they were based in the water and now they can do whatever the hell they want, get up out of the water and make civilizations. It's, it's, it, I think that's the thing. Like, yes, there is no proof for that, but it's, it's hyper theorizing these scenarios, mm. you know, water, extreme environments, probability. There could be a planet just like ours, but everybody is like jellyfish people, but we're not yeah. necessarily going to ever know they exist or they're never going to know we exist if they don't have mm. spaceships and they're flying around. It's, it's one of those things which is more, it's more just knowing or thinking that there could be life out there, but not necessarily. Mm. I don't think that there's people wandering around this planet that are aliens, but I do think that the probability that other civilizations out there that we'll never interact with would exist out of probability. I wonder if, like, we're the bad aliens. <laughs> are we the bad because, guys? <laughs> are we the bad guys? Because, like, we're running this planet dry. We're already looking for other planets that we can go live on because this one's just gonna fucking die. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we might be the aliens that, like, go to a planet and be like, oh, this is ours now. I mean, it's like we don't have a history as, a, as a species of going, <laughs> oh, this place? Yeah, we own this now. You guys? No, we're just going to wipe you out. Barrett cannibal and this is ours now yeah I mean yeah, like, we don't have a great track record. that is very much our history um like you know in in as, as like our species particularly I mean that was obviously uh colonization um from a lot of uh white European countries but yeah I mean shit like we might be the bad guys who go to the planets and like this is ours now yeah we destroyed our planet so we're gonna cut to yours we're gonna move here <laughs> Because apparently the people taking over space are valley girls. It's true. Yeah. 
it's uh, it's worrying. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, nothing could happen in our lifetimes. But Maybe. It's an interesting thing to think about. That's the way I look at it. I'm like, I like to talk about it. I like to think about it. But um, who the fuck knows? So what's our takeaway from this rabbit hole, from this case <laughs> file that we've investigated? It's basically... They might be out there, but there's not enough evidence yet. Is that kind of what we're saying? I would say that there's evidence so that there could be, but there is nothing to say that there is. Okay, that, so maybe. <laughs> we're, never, we're ending on a maybe. I mean, we're never going to come away from this being like, yep, aliens existed, not like Michael Jackson. I mean, the people have been debating this for decades. If we solved it in an hour, <laughs> that would be pretty impressive. Like, yep, yeah, 100% true, guys. You can uh, <laughs> you can stop your, your Reddit threads. <laughs> yeah, it's always going to be a maybe. Um, maybe aliens exist. We've sexualized them quite a lot. And well, we haven't. No, but... we haven't. The, the world has sexualized <laughs> the them quite world a lot. Has, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I like E.T. He's my hero. And I think he's a little bit of a dick. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I don't fine. mean to upset you, but... Um... But, uh, yeah, I, this has been really enjoyable. Let us know if you've enjoyed Not For Girls Case Files and if you want more stuff and if you want us to go through any other topic of case files i definitely want to do some more maybe some true crime maybe some more like paranormal i i'm really like drawn to the paranormal stuff um it's so interesting i love true crime as well so yeah hopefully we can do more of these yeah. we just want a, a big mix of everything there's so much so much interesting stuff out there and uh yeah we're lucky we get to have fun chats about yeah. it yeah yeah it's been awesome yeah well, uh, drop us a line if you would like to chat to us about basically anything. Um, you can contact us uh, by email at notforgirlspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at notforgirlspod. And thank you for listening and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.